0: Well, hello everyone. This is Dr. Eileen and this is Medicine Walk. And for those of you who are listening in on Blog Talk Radio, this is Healing House Radio. So as we start our discussion of empathy and um, really, you know, taking a look at what is an empath and is it just about emotions, which it is not. And as we go into our discussions Hello Luna. I don't know what it is, but she always seems to, she was in the other room just napping. And um, she, as soon as she heard me talking, I think as soon as she hears my intro, suddenly she decides she needs to be involved in this. So anyway, um, because of what recently has happened in my life and the loss that I've recently experienced, And um, I want to thank those of you who have reached out to me and, you know, express condolences. Thank you so much. That means just the world to me. The idea that grief is one of the most difficult things for an empath to be able to find balance with, especially if it's a grief that is close to that person, because the thing is is that that's a time when you know what you're feeling what other people are feeling where normally you might be able to separate those a little bit more easily you know they become like this and it's very very, very hard to use your tools when you have a sudden and intense grief experience and I mean that could be the loss of someone. it could be the loss of a job. it could be a change in a relationship. It could be, you know, having to move. I mean, and yes, you know, grief is grief. And I want it clear that what is grief-worthy to one is not necessarily grief-worthy to another. Or they don't identify it. Um, I've known people who, when their favorite football team loses, you know, they, they go into actual grief. And it, it's important not to consider anybody else's grief as silly or frivolous, because the grief is real to them. And as an empath, picking up on the emotions and the frequency of the emotions, it will identify exactly as that grief. And even if consciously, you know, in your mind, you're saying, well, that's nothing to get that upset about. Or, you know, they're really putting way too much into that. From a heart to heart, from a feeling to feeling basis that person everything you feel from them will go wow this person is really hurting so how does an empath take care of themselves sorry. turn down the sound um when somebody who's empathic is grieving first thing is i'm sorry i mean honestly and it's important to have people be able to identify that for you because, I mean, especially if, you know, in, the, in my case, it was my, bro- my older brother passing away and we've lost, out of, out of the six of us growing up, my parents and uh, I had an older brother, an older sister, and I have a younger brother. So there were six of us. And now out of those six, only two of us are left. And so, you know that really is um, a very kind of jarring type of experience. And when you look at having an ability to feel the emotions of others, I mean, first off, you're dealing with the emotions of those who are close to you, you know, my brother, his you know, his wonderful wife, his wonderful children. You know, he had, he had just had grandchildren and then, you know, their nieces and nephews and uncles and aunts. And so all of these people and all of these energetic frequencies that are identified as grief, all come in at once at the same time that you're resonating with that yourself. And what I really want to start off talking about, because I I do want to have a discussion about this because it's one of the things that is, as I said, the most challenging thing for an empath to be able to separate, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes it's easy to, you know, go, it's like, okay, well, this is me and this is not me. And, you know, self and non-self, But the thing is, is that when something happens that overrides the, you know, the more linear kind of analytical part of the mind, you know, most people would think that empathy is based in, you know, the, the right brain, the, um, or the, the left brain, the more imaginative and, oh no, left brain is, yeah, left brain is, is imaginative. Right brain is analytical. That's why, you know, most people who are left-handed have a tendency to be a little bit more analytical. But, you know, there's a lot of discussion on that. Anyway, the analytical side of the brain is overridden because there is such an intense emotional experience that becomes a chemical experience. So it's, it's a biochemical reaction as well. And what happens is, is that we're not able to go into that place of separation, Because when grief happens, it just, it just hits us on a very primal level. And it can be very difficult to be able to separate. So we're going to, we're going to have a couple of discussions on that. And, um, I want to share some of the tools that I use. Um, I've been, a conscious empath for probably about 15 years now. And it was, I mean, I've been an empath my whole life, but a conscious empath, one where I realize what I'm doing and what I'm experiencing is a tool that I can tap into, or I can choose not to. So, you know, and this year we are going to be talking about that, how to turn this into a conscious choice as opposed to a reflex. And because ultimately that part of our brain where our inner empath sits, you know, that part of us wants to feel, it wants that connection. That's what it does. That's what it is. And so to override that takes a lot of a very focused thought. And I mean, eventually it can become, well, it's like, okay, just click, turn it off. And that takes practice, but it is possible. And when we're overwhelmed, when we're feeling overwhelmed, then it becomes an issue of, um, it becomes an issue of consciously taking care of ourselves in ways that will allow us to be able to find our feet again, to be able to find that eye of the storm. Because going into grief is like going into a storm. And when we are able to um, kind of catch our breath, then we can take a look at what we're dealing with and how we want to manage it. So, first off... Empaths need to spend time by themselves when there's a grief situation. And and yes, there's every part of you wants to go and help and you know and do for people and all of that. I mean that's part of it. And the other part is that often when people are in grief, people want them not to isolate. You know, it's like no, you shouldn't isolate, you should be around other people. And for most people, you know, that can probably be a very good thing. And it's important to have a support system. It's important, you know, especially when somebody's going through a lot, to make sure that they're okay. It's just that with an empath, because of the fact that you're just surrounded with this level of emotion. And, you know, and it's not just from other people who are grieving the loss. It's people who care about you, who are, you know, who are feeling bad for you. And in your grief, they may be reliving some of their own grief. So the idea that um, it's just this kind of, you know, self-perpetuating intensity that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger... Because what people are bringing into it isn't just that concern for you, even though, you know, they're very concerned about you. It's also that piece of, you know, that they're sort of needing some comfort because they're kind of reliving parts of it. Or, you know, their conditioning is no, you have to, you know, be around people. And, you know, it's like, you know, they, they want you to eat and, and they want, you know, it's like, OK, you need to do this. You need to do that as opposed to just letting you decide, okay, this is what I need, and right now I need to be alone. So I took a few days, and I posted um, on my... I, I, learned, I learned a new thing for, with my phone, that I could put an auto-reply for messages. And so I set an auto-reply for messages saying that... Um, thank you so much for checking on me. I really appreciate it. I'm resting and I will get back to you when I can, but thank you so much. And just by doing that, I allowed myself to have space that, you know, wasn't being, you know, I won't say interrupted because it is very well-meaning and these are very loving people. And their fear that, you know, being alone equals, you know, a downward spiral, which it, it really doesn't. Um, it can. But often, especially, as I said, people who are empathic, we need that alone time. We need space. We need to not be in other people's energetic fields And to just be in our own, because when an empath is alone, that's when they know that what's coming in is theirs, that they're not picking up. I mean, yes, it's possible to pick up stuff over distance, but that is much easier to identify as opposed to being in a room where all of this emotion is coming up. And, you know, it's very hard to separate your own from what other people are feeling and what's being magnified and reflected back through other people reliving their own experiences so first and foremost find time to be alone find time to you know just be able to quietly reflect on what has happened Because a lot of times, you know, as things are rushing around and things are being done and arrangements are being made and, you know, you're talking to people and you're contacting people and, you know, it's, there's always people you have to call and tell them. And then, you know, you do that over and over and over again. And that can be very difficult. And so the idea that we can find those places where it is just us, where you know, if you have plants around or if you have pets, just be with them. Those are sources that give nothing but comfort and support. There is no story, you know, attached to, you know, my loss does not remind Luna of anything. You know, she just experiences it through me and she experiences it as, um, as something that I'm experiencing, but she's not, but yet she can be there to comfort me. And my dog, Sam, you know, he knows that something is off. So he gets up on the bed, you know, when I sleep and, you know, and he'll usually, you know, he'll sleep at the end of the bed, but he'll get up and he'll get right up against me and he'll sleep there. Or if I'm working on something, you know, he may come over and just kind of lay down near me. So animals, pets can be really a wonderful thing to help balance out the emotion because theirs is just, I'm here for you. I don't understand, but I love you. And, you know, that's a very sweet thing. You know, you can sit just in silence with one of your animals where another human being might find it very difficult to just sit and be quiet. If I'm just sitting and not wanting to say anything and it's like, well, I'll just sit here. Often it's very hard for people to sit and not interact or not say anything or what would you like me to get you something? So, um, make sure that you're able to spend time and what you can do is you can find somebody who can kind of be your go between maybe and, you know, they can kind of field things for you depending on how close the loss is or, you know, how much time you need to kind of deal with it. Um, you can have a friend who will be that go between. And I mean, it's, it's very, as I said, it's very sweet how people want to be there for others, but the needs of an empath are different. The, way that we work through grief is different. And I'm sure that many of you who are empathic, you know, really kind of get that idea of, I just want to be left alone. I just want to, um, I just want to sit. I just want it to be quiet. Sometimes empaths can, you know, be very solitary individuals or they may just have like a few friends and either they have hobbies that they can do by themselves or, you know, cause, you know, I mean, we're very social. We know how to be very social. We know how to have fun in crowds. And yet there are those times that we really appreciate our solitude and being alone. And I've come to appreciate that so much more since I started, you know, living in a cabin in the woods. So the idea that um, one of the key things that can help us is usually the last thing people want to allow us to have just mostly because they're afraid, but make it clear to the people around you that you need time. You need to be able to be separate occasionally. And there may be times that you're going to let the message go to voicemail. You'll contact them the next day. So these are also times when we need our boundaries, you know, empaths, Probably more than anyone else, need to establish and have excellent boundaries, because we feel on so much of a higher level. We feel with such a greater intensity that having something come at us that is not welcome in in our energetic field, um, either toxic personalities or controlling behavior, or you know, a a narcissist. We will be going all into empaths and narcissists. We will be having a big discussion on that. But that idea that um, at these times when there is a lot that's going on inside of you, and like I said, grief or stress or, or whatever it is, the first thing you need to do is to be able to come back to yourself, to be able to know what's yours, And the easiest way to do that is to, you know, just be able to spend time on your own. You know, whether it's walking through a park, walking through the woods, um, going on a long drive. I love long drives. And be able to articulate that to people so that that way, I mean, you don't just disappear or just stop answering phones or anything like that. People who are not empathic don't really understand how intense grief can be when you're feeling it for everybody in the room and they're not going to understand, you know, that's part of the reason that I want to do this is so that, you know, in part it's for helping empaths be able to understand what it is that they are and that it's far more than just emotions. We're talking resonating with the frequency, potentially, of anything. It's just that emotions are among the easiest things to create resonance with. So usually empathy is related to emotion, but it goes so much farther beyond that. And I want empaths to really feel a full understanding, not just that they're victims of emotions or experiences or whatever, but they can actually be able to utilize this tool to be able to expand their psychic experience, their spiritual experiences, their healing experiences, everything. Because, you know, the idea is that when you can match the frequency of anything, you know, it just opens so much up. It, it can literally open up an entire world for you. And that's what I want for empaths to understand. The other part of this is for non-empaths to understand what it is that it means to be an empath and how to support and interact with an empath. How are we able to manage it in a good way that we're able to, you know, connect i mean an empath and not empath can connect very well as long as they understand how to deal with one another people who are not that empathic are not going to really understand and we can explain it to them we can let them know i just need some time to myself i am not in any danger i just need some solitary time you can leave me a message and i will respond to the message You know, it's not about ghosting or wandering off. It's about having people informed, especially people we're in relationship with, so that that way they can support us and we can be able to move through this process in a much easier way. So, um, step one, find time for yourself. Be able to get those quiet places where you're not reflecting anyone but you and surround yourself. If, if you have pets, if you have plants, if you need to go out into nature, if you need to be in a drive or go go golfing or, or bowl or whatever it is that allows you to focus yourself. You know, and grief is, it's something we have to go through. Grief is not where we get stuck. Grief is the path out because grief is a process. And so, As an empath manages that process, it allows us to be able to give ourselves space to be able to grieve and at the same time still save some energy and time and and be able to work with others and to be able to support others through their grief. You just have to have times where you can separate the two. You work on your stuff and then you can still help others. You know, it's not an either or. You just have to be able to time them and to make time for yourself as you do this. You know, whatever your spiritual practices, follow those. But take time to be by yourself because that's the one time when you can be truly you. So thank you for joining me. Um, We will be continuing this discussion more next week. If you have any questions, please post them in the comments. I do read the comments. For those of you who are listening in on Healing House Radio, uh, please feel free to check out the YouTube page. And uh, if you appreciate this video, then please, uh, you can like the video, you can share the video, Uh, as I said, you can comment. Or if you uh, feel that this is something that really works for you, uh, please consider subscribing. We're up to 82 subscribers, which means that we only need 18 more for me to get a custom URL. So I would like to be able to do that, you know, say within the next couple of months. If you would like to support this channel at a higher level, then there's a link to my Patreon account where you can be a monthly subscriber for uh, as low as $2 a month. And there are perks at different levels up to and including private consultations with me. So... Thank you. Thank you for joining me. And again, for those of you who have reached out to me, thank you so much for your, um, for your support during this time. And if you'd like to contact me, uh, the link to my Twitter account and to my Facebook group, Medicine Walk with Dr. Eileen, uh, is the links are in the description. So take care of yourselves. And as always, I wish you balance and I wish you blessings from my heart to yours. Love you and be blessed.